This episode is brought to you by McDonald's. Not sure you've heard of them. <laughs> Up and coming uh, little restaurant, but they're making it. They're the little engine that could. You know, the moment of bliss when you spot your fries being scooped into the carton and suddenly time slows down. I have that all the time. I love their fries. Oh, yeah. yes. McDonald's fries hit different when they're free. That's another thing I'll tell you. And when they belong to your friends, there's no better feeling than thinking you're out of fries and then you discover extra fries at the bottom of your bag or else my son still hasn't finished his fries yeah. and I'm done with mine. And uh, he used to be weaker than me so I could just take them. Yeah. Now I can't because he's stronger than me. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's no wrong way to eat McDonald's fries, but we all think our way is the best way. And I like stealing them from someone else. That's my favorite <laughs> way. Get your favorite McDonald's fries today. McDonald's, check them out sometime. They're everywhere. Hey guys, Sean Hayes here. Jason Bateman, Will Arnett, and I had a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to sit down with not one, not two, but three presidents of the United States on our recent episode of Smartless. That's because President Biden, a returning guest, brought two of his favorite pals, former Presidents Bill Clinton and Barack Obama, all joined us for unforgettable conversation. It's a historic episode of Smartless as we pry into the minds of these remarkable leaders. We'll cover everything from their time in office, America's responsibilities in the world, and their personal passions in an episode full of some candid stories, insightful perspectives, and a few surprises along the way. Whether you're a political junkie or just curious about the inner workings of the Oval Office, this episode is a must listen. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to hear from three of the most influential figures in recent American history. Follow Smartless on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also listen to Smartless ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Fall to see, hear the yell, back to school, ring the bell, brand new shoes, Walking blues, climb the fence, books and pens. I can tell that we are gonna be friends. I can tell that we are gonna be friends. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Conan O'Brien. too long. It is fantastic to be back here. We are recording live tonight at the Beacon Theater. Ladies and gentlemen, in New York City. This is absolutely incredible. I have so many memories of the Beacon Theater. I did my 10th anniversary show for the late night program in the Beacon Theater. And this blew my mind today. I remembered that on that day, my wife was pregnant with my first child when we recorded that show. This is a mind blower. It's my daughter. She is now 47 years old. She's an admiral in the Navy. She fired on Italy like an hour ago for no reason. She's a terrible admiral, but it's incredible. Incredible what happens. I can't believe that I've taken this journey uh, here today. I also can't believe I noticed this. 
just before the show. I threw on this jacket, and then I'm looking in a mirror just before I go on, and I realize that I put on a denim jacket with jeans. <laughs> Let me promise you something. That was not intentional. I was gonna wear a different jacket, a black one. So there's, you know, just sort of a little bit of a clash, you know? And I put this on and I looked in the mirror, literally, as Jimmy was playing, and I said, Conan, you look like a soybean farmer who did pretty well in Bitcoin. Isn't that what it... I, I love, I love uh, being back in New York. There's an energy here that you cannot get in Los Angeles. You're gonna prove it tonight. But one of the things that's so amazing about being here, this is a true story. This happened to me yesterday. I was in Midtown and I was walking along and there was a gentleman who was, I wanna say, almost two thirds of a block away from me, quite a distance. And he's looking at me and I'm walking and he goes, no joke, this is true, celebrity! <laughs> celebrity! <laughs> celebrity! And I, he's where I'm going. I'm going to my hotel and he's like right near my hotel and I'm getting closer and closer. Didn't change his pitch as I got closer. <laughs> celebrity! 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 And I got really close and I said, Conan. And he went, Conan. And I went, yeah. And I start to walk into the hotel and he yells to his friend, Celebrity! My name meant nothing to him. He didn't care. He's telling people, I saw Jane Lynch. She is tall and beautiful. Quick shout out, I was walking the streets of New York, uh, I believe it was yesterday, or maybe it was even today, I don't remember. I've been doing a lot of crazy stuff. <laughs> Taking all kinds of pills. And I, um, this young woman came up to me and she was so nice and she said, I'm gonna see you at your show tonight. She said, my name's Devin. I said, oh, I'll see you there. And she said, I have nosebleed seats. <laughs> Devin, are you here? No, you, you. You, you assholes. I'm sorry, I know that's rough language, but yeah, me, I'm Devin. The real Devin, come on. Are you there somewhere? Okay, screw it, forget it. She's back there, but too many people are like, I'm gonna get a car. Conan's gonna do that Oprah thing where I get a car. So I'm just gonna say I'm Devin and he's gotta prove I'm not Devin. Which is, no one's getting a car tonight. You're not getting a car. But uh, you are gonna get an incredible show. We're gonna have an amazing program tonight. Really good time. And as you know, I am not the only uh, part of Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. Oh. Oh, I know I should be. <laughs> I read the mail, okay? <laughs> We've tried to move them out and they won't go. No, I kid, I kid, to, uh, to quote the great triumph, uh, I kid, uh, they are two uh, wonderful people and they make this thing hum and they also humanize me, which is not easy to do. Let's get them out here right now, my good friends, my assistant who does nothing, Sonam Obsessian and Matt Barley!
You know what I, I forgot, and it, oh, I just remembered it right now, that, uh, Sona, you walked out and you hugged me and you went, it's a lot of people. <laughs> and I forgot. You're not really in show business. No, this I'm is, not. No, I This don't is know not why what I'm you here. ever, you've never done this before no. the podcast. No, yeah. this is not, this was, this was not my goal. Um, <laughs> but, what the hell was your goal, by the way? You know what? It was not having a goal was my goal, and I think I crushed it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I can't believe you wrote a book that that was on the New York Times bestseller list, pretty much detailing how you did no work for me and screwed me over for many years. Yes. And people are reading it like a how-to manual, (laughs) and then they wonder, why is the economy in the shitter right now? It's because yeah. the most popular book in America right now is Sonam Obsession's Get High at Work, oh. Watch Porn If You Can, yes. and Make a Fool Out of Your Boss. And you know what? In my defense, you wrote the foreword. <laughs> so who's the fool here, right, yes. guys? I suppose I'm yeah. the fool here. Everyone's Mr. Gorley, how are you? I'm well. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> Matt, you said... You've said that people who just listen to the podcast, when they finally see what you look like, if they look at one of the clips online, yeah. they're surprised. They expect you to uh, look differently. Why is that, do you think? Well, I think because you painted me as a, a buffoon, a fool, a penny-farthing, riding 20-year-old, <laughs> when in fact I am uh, just as solid dad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I mean like a 10 on the dad level, but dad level itself is at a 2. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And how are you doing these days? You've got a newborn. Sona, you've got newborns. Uh, both of you have been yeah. living under this incredible uh, not stress. not newborns anymore. No, they're, they're like toddlers. Yeah, yeah. yeah they're, I think they anyone toddle. under 40 is a newborn. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, so I am young. That is my perspective. I was walking down the street today, uh, I think it was on Madison Avenue, and there was one of those really fancy shops where they someone stands out and they hand you, have you ever had this happen to you? They hand you like a little free sample of a cream you can put on your face. And what they do is they then try and say, come on into the fancy store. Friend, you got scammed. Yeah, that never happened. I don't know what you're talking about. I woke up, I had no clothing. (laughs) Yeah. I was wearing a World War I German helmet. (laughs) And when you left, they only gave you denim. Yeah. All right, shut up. I acknowledge. No, I didn't ask for anything. I was walking along. As I keep telling them, I I get assaulted by people on the street. That's what happens in New York. It's so fascinating. And I was walking along, and this woman uh, said, um, she said, oh, uh, here, I think she was from Spain. And she said, like, oh, please, take this free sample of a cream you can put. It's a very fancy place, like on Madison or Fifth, whatever. And I I said, oh, thanks a lot. And I started to go, and she goes, no, no, no. Oh, 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 you'd look so good with this one cream. Hold on. So she starts to put this cream on no. my face. Yes, why, she starts to put a cream on my face. Because I'm a go-along to get-along guy. Oh, God. But then she starts to go like this. She's very young and she goes, you probably want a lot of help under your eyes, right? <laughs> what? And I said, I, I, I don't know. What do you think? And she's like, yes. Oh, and the sides of your face. Hmm. I'm like, I didn't ask for any of this. No, And, and I'm, ten, I'm ten minutes past celebrity guy, you know? <laughs> I'm just being ridiculed and humiliated. That's in not this. fair, and that's coming from me, who likes to see you taken down a notch or two. Yeah. I just don't think you should put random cream on your face that someone in the, like, what if it's jizz? Excuse me. Sona, what is jizz? Can you explain to the audience? German. Well, jizz is, is semen. What oh. if someone jizzed in a bottle and then was like, let's put this on your face? And you're like, oh, thank you. Thank you for this 
Thank you for this delightful Spanish cream. <laughs> yeah. Conan, do you have jizz on your face right now? <laughs> You're wearing all denim and you have jizz on your face. <laughs> You've been in a, some kind of Canadian porno movie. <laughs> Welcome to New York. I've worked so hard for an entire career <laughs> to build up to be able to come and play a prestigious room like the Beacon Theater. It's a shrine to comedy and music in New York City. And you do that, Sona. I'm sorry, it always you, goes back to jizz. And you do jizz. it with joy. Yeah, it, all roads lead back to jizz. I'm sorry, I always do that. I yeah. shouldn't. I well, apologize. Yeah, sure, you look all broken up about it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> Well, I, uh, are you having a good time? You brought the kids, didn't you? I did, yeah. I was on a plane for five hours with two almost year-and-a-half-year-old boys. And you dressed your kids up as the Dumb and Dumber team. We this did. For Halloween, they were Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. And then my friend came as the bird whose head was cut off. <laughs> lovely. That's a lovely memory for them. It is. Yeah. <laughs> And you, Gorley, did you go out trick-or-treating? Yeah, we took Glenn out to see Michael Myers like you would take your kid to see Santa Claus at Christmas. <laughs> and she... What's wrong with you? That's a terrible thing to do. Well, when you hear that my daughter did scream, you're right. <laughs> yeah. So you took her and let, put her on the lap of a mass murderer? Well, not on the lap, but the, the Michael Myers house is in South Pasadena, so we took her there to get a photo. And in the photo, he is, you know, threatening her with a knife, and we immediately <laughs> removed her from the situation. But in that area, there are Michael Myers is everywhere, and so you can't walk three feet without being stalked. We shouldn't have taken her. This well, is an indictment. Well, guess what? Me. No, you were right. You're a great dad. <laughs> <laughs> Number 10. Number 10. <laughs> And your go-to improv word is jizz. So yeah. we're, we're hitting it out of the park here tonight. We got your back, buddy. We got we your are. back. I think it's time that we uh, get this show on the road. Yes. Uh, we've had a lovely time talking. And uh, before we do that, I want to mention something very important. Okay? You may or may not know this, but I have a new SiriusXM radio channel, Team Coco Radio channel... 106. You're probably thinking, what's that going to be? Well, you, you will always continue to enjoy the podcast where you get your podcast now, but it'll be some of the best of the podcast, plus lots of other stuff from over the years and music, and I've been doing a lot of recording for it, and I'm having a blast. Really having a good time. Now, here's what I tell you. If you don't have Sirius now, we premiere on the 15th, November 15th. If you don't have Sirius now, go rent a car. <laughs> on the 15th and just drive and drive and drive until this voice makes you want to end it all <laughs> now it's uh, and this show tonight is if you want to hear it again it's premiering exclusively on the Team Coco Radio channel so all of you here will be able to hear this when our channel premieres on Tuesday 11.15, and I think it's going to be, uh, I think that channel's going to be a blast. This a is the fun. debut show. Of, this is the debut yeah. show that's going to be on that channel. Cool. So here's what you can do. 
When you rent that car and you're driving around, bring a friend. And when you hear the cheering on channel 106, you can yell at your friend, I'm one of those people cheering. I was a Devon. I was a Devon. I was one of 15 Devons that lied to cheat a, a young woman out of a nice connection with Conan O'Brien. <laughs> Brutal. Uh, all right, I think we should uh, begin this program, and I am uh, absolutely delighted to introduce our secret uh, guest today. I am a huge admirer of this individual, and this, I am being so generic in my introduction. They are very Th cool. This yes. humanoid presence <laughs> brings me much joy, and I'm delighted that uh, this uh, matter shall be here, <laughs> this composition of atoms. So let's bring down the lights and find out who our guest is. Hi. Hi, my name is Stephen Colbert. And I feel put upon about being Conan O'Brien's friend. Wow. That was, uh, that was very, very nice. That was and pleasant. I will say this. We have had a few surprise guests, and uh, your reaction that you just got right now blew all of that out of the water. I pity any other surprise guest. Then it's all worth it. It's all worth it. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. It's so lovely to see you guys. I mean, I've done the podcast before, but I've never seen you. Yeah, right. You don't look anything like I imagine. <laughs> well, I, I don't want to throw you under the bus, but I was there that time we did. <laughs> Word. <laughs> but remember, and I don't you want to throw him. you under the bus, <laughs> but I still don't remember. Yeah. Remember, Matt, you gave him your grandfather's watch. I did. Yeah, that's right. That's and you right. said, you mean so much to me. And Stephen said, I'll never forget it. I was rubbing your feet the entire interview. <laughs> I thought that was Conan. Um, it's lovely to meet you, Thank too. You. Nice to Thank you. Thank you for having me here. I think you look fantastic in that outfit. <laughs> yes. You look I, amazing in that I outfit. Made, I made a mistake and decided to own it. You were the first one. I saw you looking me up and down. I did. And I thought... I said something almost immediately. Yes. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then you told me a very funny story. The, the, the second time I ever went on a date with my wife. She, I was living in Chicago. She was living in New York. Evie, I don't know if you guys have ever seen Evie on the show. I would uh -huh. go down to... She was living down in Chelsea, so I, I, I show up. And, you know, I'm wearing jeans and a jean jacket. And she looks at me, and I don't know if you've... Have you got a camera shot of us? Yeah, we, got, we can see your face, yeah. Okay, so she goes like this, and she swear to God, this was unconscious. She goes, is that what you're wearing? <laughs> 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 and 
And that's what I did. I burst out laughing. She's like, what are you laughing about? I said, you have no idea what you just did with your head? <laughs> then I know what your mother is like. Yes. You, but it's a very, she told you. She told you, like, it's like Magneto. She, no, <laughs> we've had, we have really good communication. And, and the thing is, I'm so afraid. Never, I can't imagine. There's so much you read in your wife's face. And each other's face. I'm sure she reads it in mine, too. Like, this is unspoken kind of dialogue and vocabulary you establish with other people's faces. And if, so, if she ever got Botox, I, I would actually have to ask her what she was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> she can communicate everything to you, yes. Mm -hmm. My wife, the perpetual expression she has is, you're doing your best. <laughs> She's got these very large eyes, and I can see, and you've hung out, we've hung out sure, together sure, sure. as a couple, yeah. and my wife is always, her look is perpetually, he's giving it all he's got. Oh, that's so sweet, look at him. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, I do wanna say, I, I was thrilled that you were able to do this, and I say this, I know very well how, how much work it is to do a show night in and night out. And That's why I feel put upon to be I know, your friend I know. tonight. Because here's the thing, I really wanna be here. Like you've thanked me you know, many times to be here already backstage. Like, no, I really wanna be here. This is super fun because you're Conan O'Brien. Who's not gonna show up for Conan O'Brien? <laughs> Well, Plus, I'm lucky enough to have become your friend. I would yes. say we're actually friends now. We do hang, we and do we hang. have similar nerdy interests. We do. <laughs> we and do. To the Strangely point where other crossover. people just start to back away, because we start trading the names of, like, Civil War generals, and everyone's like, this is not good. No, we this speak is... in that, like, twin language. <laughs> <laughs> that twin language that scientists can't break down. Yeah. But at the same time, come on. I literally came from the Ed Sullivan of this theater. You know what it's like to do a show every night. I am fucking... Exhausted. Yes. How dare you ask me to be but on But then your you show? reminded me that when I did a tour, I think in 2010. Yes, I was I was out there. Yeah, you and, and John Stewart were both nice enough to do like a crazy walk-on on that tour. And I went to say hi to you, I think before the show. Upstairs, yeah. And you reminded me of this. I forgot I had been touring. And Sona, you were on that too. You remembered I burned about 35,000 calories yeah. on every show. I was doing everything I could think of and I couldn't sleep, and I became crazily, like I lost weight, I, my pants were falling off all the time, intentionally, and, uh, and then um, you said that I came into the room to say hi to you guys, and what did I do? You immediately lay down on the floor. <laughs> you came in and said, hey, Conan, we went to hug you, and just went, you came in the door like this, you went, hey, hi. Oh. <laughs> and I have a photo of you like this on my dressing room floor. <laughs> I said, that How's was the my... tour going? And it goes, it's going great, it's going great. Thanks for being here. Yeah, it was an invitation to sex. That's what that oh. was. Oh. Then I apologize. Yes. You just it thought was I the was... Botox. I couldn't read. <laughs> I couldn't read the oh, invitation. I've had so much work done. You do look fantastic, by the way. Oh, thank you. You know what I have always wanted to do? I've always wanted to do this, and I'm outing it now, so it's a bit I can never do. But there are people in our world who get work done. They get real work done. And then you see them later on, and you know, but you're not supposed to say anything. Do you know what I mean? And I always thought it would be great if I was gone for a couple of weeks and I had a really good special effects person tape me back so it looked like I had had some kind of radical work done. And then just have a camera running and see who, because a lot right. of people, a lot of people would be like, Conan, hey, no, you, everything's fine. And I'd be like, it's got to you. 
No, I was just in Toronto for like four weeks. Because I was, I was thinking of buying a farm, but I didn't buy the farm, but I just hung out there for a while. And I kind of, I just have always thought that would be a fascinating experiment to say who would say anything. I feel like you would say something. Uh, I think Robert Smigel would say something. <laughs> yes. Conan the insult comic. Yeah, uh, Robert uh, Smigel would do it as triumph. Yes. <laughs> what the fuck? Mm-hmm. <laughs> He'd get the puppet right up into my face. I feel like a snack. Did they leave any skin over? <laughs> I kid, I kid. I kid. I kid. I could play your face like a drum. <laughs> Hey guys, Sean Hayes here. Jason Bateman, Will Arnett, and I had a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to sit down with not one, not two, but three presidents of the United States on our recent episode of Smartless. That's because President Biden, a returning guest, brought two of his favorite pals, former presidents Bill Clinton and Barack Obama, all joined us for unforgettable conversation. It's a historic episode of Smartless as we pry into the minds of these remarkable leaders. We'll cover everything from their time in office, America's responsibilities in the world, and their personal passions in an episode full of some candid stories, insightful perspectives, and a few surprises along the way. Whether you're a political junkie or just curious about the inner workings of the Oval Office, this episode is a must-listen. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to hear from three of the most influential figures in recent American history. Follow Smartless on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also listen to Smartless ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Legend has it, underneath the NJM Insurance offices lies a room of rejected mascot memorabilia. Is it real? No one knows. But we do know NJM is proud to put policyholders first. No jingles or mascots, just great insurance. NJM. How often do you do this live thing? Uh, We haven't done that many of them, and this is our first one that we've done in New York City. We've done a few... At the Wiltern Theater in mm-hmm. Los Angeles, which sure. is a lovely theater, but yeah. this was the first time that we've played a house this large, this important, a venue uh, in New York. So this is a big first. Aren't you, you, are, you, are, are, you? Are you afraid at all by doing, you know, your lovely, intimate podcast, which I, I really admire? But one of the things I like about it is I feel like, oh, I'm the fourth person in the room or whatever. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm the fly on the wall and we're just hanging out. It's a Friday and we're having lunch or whatever. Right. And, and when I listen to one of those podcasts and then I hear an audience there, I go, well, who are those fucking people? <laughs> well, I, I thought I was, I thought I was, I thought I was your friend. Yeah. Are you, are you like, did you ask someone into the relationship? Is it not spicy enough for you anymore? Why can't That's it just be? That's pretty much what happened. Why can't it just be I us? very much enjoy uh, these two and I enjoy you, Steve. Even, but I was feeling at this stage in my life to spice things up, I needed to bring 3,500 other people into the bedroom. Just because. Apropos of nothing, okay? Apropos of nothing, other than that, we're just talking about this. Have you ever, ever, ever had um, been in bed with more than one lover, Conan? <gasps> Have I ever been? Have you ever been in bed with more what than one lover? What do you think, Stephen? <laughs> <laughs> and let me say something that's probably pretty close to true. I don't think my wife's seen me completely naked. <laughs> And we've been married for 20 years. 
I am thinking... a very shy debutante. <laughs> I use like a variety of fans yes. in certain... <laughs> I mean, I... I'm just saying there's enough real estate there that you could have two lovers and each of them could feel like they were alone with you. <laughs> yeah, they wouldn't meet. They'd yeah. have to go to a, to go to a zone I would have defense. one lover that only knows the right leg, and then there's yes. that only knows the left leg. Just curious, I thought maybe it would shock us here with like, oh, when I was young and I was traveling. No, no, I would not. There's no be shame in it. Oh, I'm not don't, saying there is don't shame. Slut I would shame us. I, I'm not slut shaming. <laughs> I am. I would treat that if that were true. I would be. I would think I was a war hero. I would be so proud of it. I would get a medal made by the U.S. government that said had a threesome, and I would wear it. Band of Lovers. Band of Lovers. <laughs> Produced by Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. And we'll make Hanks do this. Yeah, we'll, 100%. No, but it, it was absolutely, I mean, that was a thing that was... Uh, what are we talking about? We were talking about <laughs> all of these oh, people. Oh, you being tired? No, we were talking about my incredible life as a Lothario, a sexual being. Oh, okay. Who, sure. Uh, no, but no, I have never been. And how about you? Have you been with more than one? You no, know? but I was offered. Yeah. I don't believe I've ever told this story. I was in Italy. Of course. There you go. And I, I, there were two young ladies who I got to know. I was doing a theater over there. Okay. First of all, what stage of your life are you in? Are you still? I am 19. Oh, You're 19. Wow. The last time you would have wanted to see me naked. I was actually doing a nude scene in a, an opera over there. It was Ken Russell, the director, was yeah, doing yeah. Madame Butterfly. And he was doing it, he set it in a, a really a house of prostitution rather than a, a geisha. And it's in Nagasaki. And at the top of it, there, and the, the prostitutes would all be asleep on the floor and I would walk out naked on stage while the, you know, the oboe's going bum, 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 bum. <laughs> and the, they're waiting for the bonds to come in. You know, you guys know Madame Butterfly. Yeah, yeah, and, please. And uh, a couple of the girls, the extras who were playing uh, the prostitutes were like, hey, you know what? We've seen you naked. Why don't, you, why don't we have sex together? Okay, did, it, did you think for a minute I might... Yeah. You didn't let me finish my question. I, uh, I didn't let a lot of people finish. Hi, my name is Stephen Colbert, and I regret being Conan O'Brien's friend. So uh, wait a minute. So I mean, I, I've never been off. That's never been offered to yeah. me in my life. Didn't happen. Just want you to know it didn't happen. Okay. But you were probably tempted somewhat. Yeah. More than tempted. I'm like, yeah. Oh, so why didn't it happen? Because it started to happen. Oh. It was, it was a picnic was arranged. Wait, this was going to be outside? This is confusing. <laughs> is there any chance we could edit this out of the podcast? Oh, absolutely not. Well, you're sitting on the couch with the editor, and I'll say a sound, no. <laughs> uh, no, and then when, when the actual, uh, like, the idea, like, hey, let's uh, go pick my... I said, yeah, I don't want to. Yeah. Nah, I don't want to. Yeah. And they asked why, and I said, nah, I just don't want to. 
I still am not sure why. Well, I think I know why. Why? I would not do it either, probably. Because I would be too overwhelming for me. I it just, seems I couldn't, like... I, I'm just being honest with all of you. I know it's yeah. the cool thing to say, like... Yeah. But I think it would, it would end with me crying. Somehow. 100%. And 100%. In my situations in life, when it's been one-on-one uh, and months of preparation, it ends with lots of crying. And it's me, you sure. know? No, I just, it seemed like, oh yeah, this is absolutely it. I'm over in Italy and everything's cool. And, you know, uh, we don't speak each other languages except the language of love. And, and it all seemed like very penthouse letters. You know, like, oh shit, that's real. People do have sex in elevators stuck between floors. And, uh, and then, but the actual like moment, like, hey, let's go. I'm like, ah, I'm not going. Yeah. No, no thanks. But I, I, I respect that. I would, I'm just telling you I would do the same thing. That I makes really one would. of us. Yeah. What's that? What? You see, what's that? I said that makes one of us. Okay, all right. Well, clearly I'm going to get more of the opportunities here in my outfit. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing says I'm, I'm down for group sex. It kind of does, though. Maybe it does. It kind of does. You need a bigger belt buckle and more rings. <laughs> yeah. And it needs to be 1979. Yeah, yeah, this needs I know. To, this needs to be Vail or Aspen or someplace like that. The times that I've done things with, like, Kevin Hart and Ice Cube, they, and I wear anything remotely like this, they start laughing, and they're like, you look like a male prostitute. <laughs> <laughs> and I realized I kind of do, you know? Yeah. And that's legitimate. But you could... Bank some coin, my friend. Yeah. It's a good thing to fall back on. Yeah. No. I want to ask you a question. Um, you and I, I, I don't know if you're aware of this. I know that you are from the great state of South Carolina. You are a Southerner. And uh, people ask me because I'm from Boston. And the other day, someone played me a tape uh, of me as a child doing like a bit of a, a comedy bit with my sister, Kate. And there was an actual tape, and I think it's from 1975. And I got a Boston accent, and I'm kind of talking fast. And I, oh, really? And, yeah. And I never consciously decided to get rid of it, but it just, be, through over time, I think mostly washed away. Did you ever have a Southern accent? I, um, I, I transferred colleges. My, my last two years of college, I spent in Northwestern University's School of Speech. I was, I was in the theater department there. And, um, yeah. And... <laughs> Uh, they thought I had a Southern accent. Like the voice teacher's like, yeah, you're from the South. I can hear the Southern accent. But I consciously tried not to get one as a child because I don't think that Southern accents are dumb. I don't. Right. It's, it's often very lazily used as a way to say dumb. Right. But yeah, on TV, the Southern person was the dumb person and I wanted to be smart. My family valued like smartness. So I wanted to be smart. And so I kind of modeled myself and... I kind of mean this, even though I'm talking about like an eight to 10 year old when I say this on John Chancellor, who used to be the anchor of the yes. NBC Nightly News. Yes, I know. Because you could not, my mother one day said, listen to him, you can't tell where in the United States he's from. And I thought that was kind of a neat trick to be able to talk and no one would know where you were from. I get Connecticut a lot. <laughs> but that is, but so it was, it was a conscious thing. It was a conscious thing. Your... It was a conscious thing not to get us on an accent. Um, and I mean, I can do it. Like, I sometimes do do it. And I just said, do-do. But... <laughs> so you don't have to point it out because I know you were about to. I but wasn't going to mention it. <laughs> if, I, if I get... If I get, um, <laughs> if I get really excited or if I get really angry, 
or if I get a little drunk, it'll come back. You'll hear it. And is it a thick, like, you know, I say, I say, boy, you know, is it? <laughs> no, no, but there's like, Charleston's a really weird kind I of I just accent. love you getting mad and being like, well, I just about tears it. Could I'm I tell Stephen you? Colbert and I've been the host of my show for many a year. Could I tell you the favorite thing ever said in a Southern accent that I've ever heard? What? When I was growing up in, in, on James Island, South Carolina, outside of Charleston. Um, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Really? Really? Willow Lake Road. And there was, a, there was an advertisement for something called Gerald's Recaps. And it was where you go, you know, you go buy recap tires, retreads. Right. And they would have a rotating tire. And inside there was like some green screen. And as it rotated around, little testimonials would come up from customers inside about how great these retread tires were. And, and this guy says this, and I'd like to know what you think he's saying. Okay. He goes, I find I get better mileage with the ones that are known that are the ones that are better known there. <laughs> well, I got, I find I get better mileage with the ones that are on than the ones that... I find I get better mileage with the ones that are known that are the ones that are better known there. <laughs> I don't know. I think what he's saying is I get better mileage with these new recaps that I bought from Gerald's that they put on my car than the stock tires that came with the car when I bought it. <laughs> I find I get better miles with the better miles with the ones that are there. And sold. Yep. Uh. <laughs> so there's that in Charleston. There's that in my hometown. But there's also like very Charleston. There's kind of South Round kind of accent. There's like that sort of thing. Uh, what? Yeah. Fuck you. It's a great day at Gerald's. <laughs> Was that I'll the ad? You, I will meet you at Melvin's for Barbecue. <laughs> it's right down the street from Gerald's. Well, you've alienated most of us. That's what South Carolinans do. You know, I, have, you know, I have seceded from your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I will bombard you until you agree to come back. Uh, we're getting into the weeds here. Um, my favorite thing ever said in a Southern accent that I've personally witnessed was the great Andy Griffith was on our show Aww. in the 90s. Uh, and... Sheriff Andy Taylor, and he was a wonderful, warm, you know, later known to most people as Matlock, but just a huge hero to everyone, our generation. He's from, I believe, North Carolina, but he has this famous Southern accent, and he was on the show, and he was very polite, and our writers wanted him to do a bit, so they came in, they said, Mr. Griffith, do you mind? We will have a funny bit. You? And he listened to it, and he went, I want to thank you very much, and I do appreciate your time, and I do appreciate the work that you put into this, but I think I'll just do the interview with Conan, and we'll leave it at that. So the writer left, and then the writer thought, you know what? you got to be persistent. So he went back, which I didn't know of, and he said, oh, no. oh, Mr. Griffith, I was just thinking about it. I mean, it's a really funny bit, and so you'll do the interview, but then afterwards we'll do a pre-tape, and all you have to do is put this funny hat on. He went, well, I do thank you very much, and such an honor that a writer like you would put the work into it and think that I could do it, so I do appreciate that, but I think, again, I'll just do the interview, and he walks away. The writer, whose name will, I will not say, but he decides, fuck it, I'm going back in there one more time. <laughs> because I think I've got Andy Griffith on the ropes. So he goes back. He goes back, and he starts to go, excuse me, <clears throat> um, Mr. Griffith, if you could, and Andy Griffith just looked up at him, and with a big smile, he said, just walk away. <laughs> and 
And it's one of my favorite things of all time. Do you, you, you ever see him play evil? Yes. He's fantastic. Face in the crowd. Evil. Yeah. He plays. There's a movie yeah. that uh, uh, I don't know if, uh, how many young people know this movie, but a Face in the Crowd is one of the great films. It's a very dark film. He also did sort of a version of the most dangerous game where he's yeah. the hunter. Fantastic. Yeah. Oh, he's great playing evil. Yeah. I think you'd be very good playing evil. I'd love a shot at it. Seriously, would you? One hundred percent. Who would want to play? Everybody I interview, like who's like, well, you're the bad guy. Like they always go, it's much more fun to play the bad guy. Yes, it's much more interesting. When I uh, worked on The Simpsons, all I wanted to do was write for Mr. Burns. I didn't want to write for anybody else, because writers love to write mean. It's like a, it's we get to go or in comedy to get to play that is to get to do something that you feel you can't do in your real life, but if it's part of the job, sure. and if I can play the worst guy in the world... That's boy, what I kind of liked about doing the Colbert Report, is that I got to pretend that his ego wasn't mine. Yes. <laughs> it's like, great. You know what I mean? Like, I got to pretend, like, ah, well, that's the character. But, and also, like, his appetites, because he was just a creature of pure appetites. And, you know, why shouldn't I be the model American? Of course, why shouldn't I be? Why shouldn't I be? And, and that, was, that was great to, like, invest him with all my secret dark, I don't think they're the right appetites, but to, like, invest him with all of those secret desires and appetites that put yourself first and everybody should love me and all that kind of stuff and just to ride that train for, that was a lot of fun. I'll say this, because I I've, I've think about comedy probably way too much uh, and not enough about threesomes, but... Uh, <laughs> but I... I there are different comedians that I can identify who have really beautifully inhabited a crazy, a crazy uh, egomaniacal character. And um, I'm thinking of like Alan Partridge, the oh, Alan yeah. Partridge character by Steve Coogan. And there are certain characters here and there and, you know, Ricky Gervais on the original office. And there are characters that have done it. I am hard pressed. I can't think of anybody else who created a character like that, committed to it, and did it every night for 11 years, flawlessly. That is an, no one else has done that. Thank you. That is a huge. Thank you, I really, I really enjoyed is, doing it. You know, that and I is, still liked it when I stopped, which is nice. No, I still and, like doing it when I stopped, and I stopped, I, I decided to stop doing it two years before I actually stopped doing it. I didn't tell anybody, but Evie knew, like my wife knew and my manager right. knew. I was like, I'm gonna stop on this day, December 18th, 2014, I already decided. But, I, cause I wanna stop when I still liked it. Yeah, and uh, that's, uh, I can relate to that as well. Yeah. I loved doing my thing every night and I realized I wanna stop doing it while I still really love it and it's meaningful to me, but I don't, uh, there are other things I wanna try. I still wanna be in comedy, but I, I don't wanna do this. It's been a long time. But you, uh, that I think is an unrivaled achievement in comedy, what you managed to do. I really do. I think it's an absolutely incredible feat. Oh, that's, lovely, that's lovely to say. I knew it would be hard. The, um, I, remember, I remember when we, right before we put the show on, not to talk about the ancient days, but literally 17 years ago, right around now, was right before the show went on the air. And, uh, and maybe further, maybe long ago than that, but uh, Dave Cross, we said, hey, Dave, we'd like you to be my foil. We'd like you to come on and be occasionally be this character named Russ Lieber. And he's a super liberal and he'd come on and he spends his weekends working at the Mifflin Street Co-op in Madison, Wisconsin, right. you know, you know, stocking the kohlrabi and, you know, and a lot of very, you know, thirsty roll neck sweaters and stuff like that. He's like, okay, that's great, great. So we started working on the script and everything. He's like, well, what do you want to do it? And I said, well, we could do it any, any day next week. And he goes, but what night, what, I mean, like, I mean, record it. Yeah, but what night are you guys on? And he was standing, he was sitting in front of the couch that had the strip on it, like the whole two week 
run of shows behind him. And we hadn't been on the air yet. And we said, well, I mean, any, any, any day next week we could do it. When are you available? And he goes, what do you, what do you mean? And then he looked behind him and he goes, wait, this is, you're going to do this every night? <laughs> and, I, and I said, yeah. And he goes, oh, holy shit. And I said, yeah, yeah I'm already past that. <laughs> Well, I've already gotten past that. My first show, we did our first taping of Late Night was September 13th, 1993. And we did it. And we really liked the show that we did. And we put all of our weirdness out there. And, and the crowd was hot. And there'd been all this pressure for months. Who is this guy? What's going to happen? We did it. And we, like idiots, went out and had a massive party. Oh. And it was, it was a Monday night. And we partied and partied and partied and hugged each other. And I told people, I love you. And we hugged and we drank. And then it was Tuesday. And I didn't know then that I had 28 years to go. That's the thing is that even if you have a really great show, like if you're doing one of these nightly shows that takes an hour, it takes a lot out of you and you care, you got to care about each one. Right. And the, the, the thing is, is that you got about five minutes to feel good about it. Yep. Or thank God, only about five minutes to feel that bad about it because you got another show tomorrow. Right. And five minutes, you got five minutes like, hey, that was a really good show. And then you go into the postmortem and go, okay, what's tomorrow? Yeah. And that, but you also have to kind of like that part of it. That's the part that I, I always, think separates from the people who can do it for a long time or really enjoy it is you kind of got to like the work. The work itself has got to be the thing that's your reward. Right. If whenever someone in show business over the years, a couple of times people would say, you know, Conan, that, that talk show thing looks sweet. I've been, you know, in movies and stuff and I've been kind of an action hero here and there, but getting one of those must be pretty sweet. And I said, I don't know what you're talking about because <laughs> it's every day and it's a great job, but yeah, it's also, sure. it doesn't, so I love it, but it's also, it never stops. It's incessant. And I know, because uh, I had the same experience, but you, it's hard not to bring it home, too. Because my wife could tell, mm. I would come home, um, I was never a drug person in any way, but I would get so hyped up by doing the show, and then I would come home and be bouncing off the walls, and my wife and kids would just back away. Like, mm -hmm. like I had been working in a, at a nuclear reactor core. <laughs> The good thing is, though, I say the, the, the plus side, like, yeah, it's constant work, and you're never really off. You get, you get off long enough to kind of recover, then you're, you're doing it again. Because, you know, it's, you know, what are you, 200 shows a year when you start yeah, out. Yeah. And it, but you know where you're going is the thing. You know where you're going every day. And if you, you're willing to set a schedule, you kind of know when you're coming home. And you can be there for the school play or whatever like that. There is extra Oh, I never went to those. Okay. <laughs> but They're not as good as professional plays. <laughs> You're like, this is shit. These costumes aren't good. That kid can't sing. Why is he the lead? Why? I walked out of, the few I went to, I walked out of. You know what? Tough love. Yeah. Yeah. They need but, to know that this is crap. But it's mildly normative compared to the people like, that movie star doesn't know where he's going to be next month. Uh-huh. No, it's true. I, I used to envy when you're, it's always the, the, the grass is always greener, but when your job is, you know this very well, you're one of the few people I can talk to about this, when you're behind a desk all the time, if anyone has a job that involves, yeah, I, you know, I got to go to Iceland uh, for this meeting, you're like, you're going to Iceland? You're so, you know, be, because if your job is to sit behind a desk and it's the greatest job in the world, all you're thinking about is other people going places, which is why I started to scam those travel shows. It was just like, it's a show. <laughs> what happens? I go other places. 
I leave the desk and go places. You went to Greenland, right? Yeah. I went up there. We haven't shown it yet, but I went up to the north end. I went to Thule Air Base, which is the northernmost air base. Uh, did you go that, up that high? Where, where I you can't went? remember if we went up that high. I'd have to ask somebody because it's all a blur. This place but... is 700 miles north of the Arctic Circle. It's so far north that you can't see the northern lights because they're south of you. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. So it's so far north, it's... I get it. Compasses okay. point west. Right. And were you shooting a, a thing They were there? shooting a thing. It was a USO. We did a USO oh, show great. up there for the airbase up there. And it's starkly beautiful. You really feel like you're at the end of the world. I, went, I, went, I got to go into the room because it's the airbase. It's where they track the Russian missiles coming over the top. Right. Because they're so far if north. they're coming over the top. That's right. Well, they right, are Right, you made it sound the... like they're constantly flying over. No, no, no. I was like, when they come, oh, when okay. they come over Good. the top. That makes me feel better. No, because they're about as far, you know, like, they're, they're like... Like from here to Raleigh, North Carolina is how far that place is from Russia. Yes. And they've got these massive five-story buildings on the outside of which is all basically like open microwave ovens just shooting beams over the top of the pole to the point where they said, don't stand in front of that building. I said, what happens? And they said, your organs would boil within a minute. <laughs> and they literally have things thrown out into the gravel in front of it to say, don't walk inside that because that's basically the cone of it. Don't walk inside front of that area. I mean, you wouldn't die instantly there, but it wouldn't be good for you. And I'm like, it's just a piece of wood out there. You just threw a, like a log out there. And he goes, well, we can't throw metal because <laughs> it's an open microwave oven. It literally is the same thing. But you can throw a potato and then eat it. <laughs> yes. You could have it on a string sure. and then reel throw it in. Throw some popcorn in. <laughs> I got to go to the big room. I got to go to the room, like the big board room. Oh, you saw it? Yeah, we, I couldn't bring cameras in there, but I got to go see the big room. What do you think it looks like? I'm, thinking, I'm, I'm obviously thinking of Dr. Strangelove. Nope. It looks like a middle school computer lab. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it would be there's like There's three that. PCs, three people in their early 20s, basically first jobs out of you know, college, and they're like paying off the sure, college. Sure. Right? You know, they're all just the nerd patrol up at the Thule Air Base, too. <laughs> Everybody there is tech. And he goes like, uh, that shows where all the satellites are. That one shows if, you know, anything larger than a softball going Mach 2 or more, we can pick up all the way down to like Beijing. And then this one is just, just cascading numbers like it was the Matrix. And I said, how, you know, like what, how long if you saw something, what would it, what would it happen? I said, oh, uh, about 15 minutes before it's overhead. These things are going really fast. Yeah. And I said, what happens after that? Why is there a wedge behind you on the screen? I don't see anything behind you. He goes, well, once it's overhead, it's not our problem. It's your problem. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, so who, who do you tell? He goes, oh, we tell uh, Central Command. And then they tell other people, you know, continuity of government, all that kind of stuff. And I said, when do you tell us? When do you tell us? Like New York, how long before it gets to New York? And he goes, half an hour before it gets to New York. And I said, well, when do you tell us? And he goes, we don't tell you. He goes, you'll find out. <laughs> well, what a great way to... <laughs> What a great piece to show on your comedy show. Oh, my show. God. Yeah, uh, there you go. Do you like, I have found that, uh, and this is on the same topic, but I have found that if you go and you do any entertaining at all for any uh, group that's in the military serving, they are as great as this crowd is, and people always say you're the best crowd in the world. They're the best crowds. 100%. They are so... They're so grateful that you're grateful there and that you remembered you're there. and you give a damn. Yeah. It, they're really fantastic. And there had been no... USO, like, like whatever they call it, USO club up there, right. ever. I was there for basically the ribbon cutting, mm -hmm. and the base first opened in 1951. And it's super secret, because it's, it's where they keep all the rooms, where they're tracking the missiles. Right. And, and 
I, I, I was looking, I was like, this is really super secret base, but I'm, I can walk anywhere and do anything. And, and there doesn't seem to be a lot of security around here. And they said, who's going to sneak up on us? <laughs> <laughs> because there's literally, literally, there's, the, there's a fjord yep. on one side. Yep. And north of the fjord, the ice sheet goes all the way, the ice cap goes all the way to the water. And south of us, it goes all the way to the water. And then about a, you know, about three or four miles away to the east is the Greenland ice sheet. That's where it starts. And it's a thousand miles wide and it's two miles thick. And they go, well, you can't sneak us, you can't get us over there. You're not going to sneak over there. And it's 1600 miles south. And it's one of the most starkly beautiful places I've ever been. And what they do there is they have fun. And Yes, well, they're, they, they have to, and I'm guessing I know how they have fun. Yes. So plenty of drink. Yes. There's plenty of drink up there. But evidently the Danes, because the Danes own Greenland. The da- yeah. Yep. People will woo anything. Evidently, however hard they party, no one can keep up with the Danes. That it's almost frightening how hard the Danes, who are the civilian contractors, party up there. Uh, I spent some time in Finland. Thanks for the woo. And... Uh, <laughs> They have a drink there because there's not much to do called Korskin Kova. And I drank it and I, I, I spit it out. And I said, this is, sometimes you make the joke that this is rocket fuel. Mm-hmm. This is rocket fuel. And they were laughing. What they do is they all drink it and then they get naked and they go into a sauna and then they jump into ice cold water and have massive strokes. <laughs> and that's their way of having fun. And it works for them. Yeah. I suggest you try it. Yeah. Um, Steven, you've been a gentleman. You've been a prince among men. You did a show. What did I do today? I wandered around. You got jizzed in the face. I guess, okay. <laughs> you look fantastic. Do you know, Conan? You know, Conan, I don't know how much they were charging, but you can make your own. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope, don't know. I There's hope. something about this other jizz that's... <laughs> <laughs> well, isn't that nice? We, we brought that ship around really beautifully. We did. Um, Stephen, uh, God bless you. My best to uh, your lovely wife and family. And also, um, thank you so much. I, I, I do not take it for granted that you made the time to be with us tonight because you work really hard and you do incredible work. And uh, I doff my invisible hat to you. So thank you, Stephen Colbert. Thank you, Conan O'Brien. Thank you, Sona. Thank you, Matt. Thanks, everybody. Yes! And now, Steely Dan! (laughs) Steely Dan? Hey guys, Sean Hayes here. Jason Bateman, Will Arnett, and I had a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to sit down with not one, not two, but three presidents of the United States on our recent episode of Smartless. That's because President Biden, a returning guest, brought two of his favorite pals, former Presidents Bill Clinton and Barack Obama, all joined us for unforgettable conversation. It's a historic episode of Smartless as we pry into the minds of these remarkable leaders. We'll cover everything from their time in office, America's responsibilities in the world, and their personal passions in an episode full of some candid stories, insightful perspectives, and a few surprises along the way. Whether you're a political junkie or just curious about the inner workings of the Oval Office, this episode 
episode is a must listen. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to hear from three of the most influential figures in recent American history. Follow Smartless on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also listen to Smartless ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit Spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Wow, he was fantastic. Yeah. He is the consummate he's, professional. I love so, him so yeah. much. All right, we'll take it easy. I mean, he's you know. great. He's, he's just my, no one better. Yeah. No better yeah. late night yeah. host. Really? No, okay. Really all right. just, he's charming. He's nice. Yeah, yeah he's, he's got lovely. it all. Yeah, God, okay. All right. Too. Well, anyway. <sighs> He's a solid B plus. Uh, <laughs> something that no one's ever said about Stephen Colbert. That man's a solid B B plus. Uh, yeah, he's a delightful. He's a delightful fellow, mm-hmm. and uh, so I was so glad that he got to be here. I think we have. Uh, it's time for a more intimate part of the show. That's right. It's where we get to kind of talk to the people. Yeah. We take. Yeah. We take voicemails, which is, if you don't know what a voicemail is, someone will call and they'll leave a message. That's really it. rude. What? We do a thing on the uh, podcast where we listen to voicemails occasionally, yeah. and we hear what people are thinking. We actually haven't done it in a while. We should, we should do it more often. We but uh, we do a version of it here on these live shows, but obviously it's got a twist. So mm-hmm. people get to ask questions or make comments. Yeah. I hope they're questions more than just comments. I think they're all questions. In fact, they're lining up now. We're going to have the first person come down to this spotlit microphone here. Wow. And we're so look at how powerful no that looks. An empty microphone. Yeah. Doesn't that, that look like a symbol of democracy that somehow failed? Oh, dear. The microphone that no one... Oh, sorry. Oh, hey, how are you? Oh, is that... Who's, what, what happened? Oh. What, what's that? Oh, I thought you were with him and or were attacking him. I didn't know it was happening. You're wearing a very colorful jacket and I got scared. Uh, hello, sir, what is your name? Devin. <laughs> yeah, Devin. <laughs> I am Spartacus. <laughs> Devin, wherever you are, I'm really sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, what is your name, sir? My name's Mitch. What's that? Mitch. Mitch. Okay. Mitch. Yeah. And you are? I'm oh. Conan. <laughs> I'll take it. Hey, uh, we opened the show with I've been jizzed on, so uh, trust me, nothing you say can hurt me now. So I like the dramatic, I love the dramatic pause before yeah. the question. Yeah. That was a deep inhale. There was, the whole room got quiet, and it's like the sixth sense. I could see my breath. <laughs> There's just an overwhelming amount of denim in front of me. I just, I Trust me. Trust me. You can't hurt me. You, you Go for it, man. Take your shot. Okay. 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 So uh, back in college, I competed in timber sports. Mm-hmm. So I was a lumberjack. So Conan, do you think you'd make a good lumberjack? And if so, what would you wear when lumberjacking off? Okay. Well, was this written before this, you came here? I'm dressed like a fucking lumberjack. <laughs> Did you write this beforehand? Yes. Yeah. Okay, that's weird. Yeah. Because I don't know what to say other than I'd lose the tie. <laughs> and I've got the boots. I mean, I think I'm ready to go. Those I'm, aren't boots for lumberjacking off. Of course they are. They're, 
all lumberjacks like boots that were made in Italy. Um, <laughs> it's the first thing you learn when you're a lumberjack. Only Bruno Cuccinelli. Anyway. <laughs> You're learning a lot about me today. I got some creams put on my face by a stranger on Fifth Avenue, and I'm wearing Bruno Cuccinelli. Um, I, think, I think you're looking at it. Do I think I'd be a good lumberjack? I would say no, because um, I always joke around and do bits. I am a hard worker, but when it comes to manual labor, I try and find the bit or the joke. I think the other lumberjacks would hate me because I wouldn't be doing the work. I'd be doing bits about doing the work. And I'd be turning the axe into a character whose name's Axie Axerton. And I'd be, you know, and I'd be like, Axie, come on, maybe I'm the one. And they'd be standing there and eventually I'd be butchered to death by the other lumberjacks. Yeah. I think I'd be a terrible lumberjack. Absolutely awful, don't you agree? 100%. Thank yeah. you. What do you keep in that pouch that you wear on your chest? I just, I, I didn't, I, I'm just curious. Is that something you wear every day? It's, it's my emergency lumberjack tools. Oh, oh, very nice. Good improv. That wasn't a put down. Or was it? He's a master of passive aggression. Yeah. Uh, okay, so um, just make sure he doesn't put the microphone in that and then walk yeah. away. That's a for share microphone. Yeah, Mitch, leave the microphone, please. And actually yeah. step away from the microphone. Yeah. <laughs> well, Mitch, I hope I answered your question. I'd be a terrible lumberjack, but I'd dress like this without the tie. You know? Yeah, I agree. I think... What's happening now? All right. <laughs> You're going to make a speech of some kind? <laughs> well, I just think the Electoral College doesn't represent fairly the popular vote. <laughs> what? What's Mitch talking about? It feels that in 1785 it was a good idea. But now I feel like crucial sectors of the economy. Hold it, hold it, hold it. I know where you were going, so. I'm done. I can't, I can't. Okay, well, it's nice to meet you, Mitch. Good to see you, sir. And let's move on now to Thank the, you, Mitch. the next guy. Huh. You're not the guy that ran up and got in line behind Mitch. I'm not. What I'm... happened to that guy? Yeah, what have you done with him? Did you do something to him, or did something... That's very ominous. I don't, I don't think I can tell you yet. Okay, red-jacketed red guy ran up and got behind Mitch, and then I'm busy, I'm in the zone with Mitch. Oh, was I that mean, you in the zone? That was me in the oh. zone. And then this <laughs> guy, who he plays guitar for uh, Fish, uh, <laughs> gets up, and you're fantastic. I love that noodling and all those scales for hours on end. It's fantastic shit. But... And then red, red jacket guy is just gone. Yeah, who was right. that? It's ominous and weird, no. but we won't. I, they'll tell me later on. You don't want to know. <laughs> Sir, what is your name? My name is Ben. Ben, nice to see you. How are you? Good. Um, great to be here. Uh, thank you for being a redhead model. Um, I appreciate that. Now, let me ask you something. Am I a good... I'm being honest. You can tell me. Um, I want to be a good representative for red-haired people, but I don't know that I am. I'd say you're doing fantastic. Um, it's much better than like a Chucky character or like Chucky from the Rugrats or the murderous ones or always the geeky characters. But they're like, I don't oh, know yeah, that's a good me. idea. Yeah. The, uh, the wait a bit. The bar so, is so low. I love yeah. it. And keep your in mind, is. this is coming from another redhead in mostly denim. <laughs> yeah. But look. It's a good look. Look, yeah. his denim 
is a lighter denim, denim that would not match my denim, right. which might get me off the hook. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? I like what you got going on. You think though. it's okay? Yeah, I think actually if you're going to go denim, you might as well match because then it really looks sort of off you know. Well, I don't know. I don't know what? that his completely matches. So now you've put him down. Oh, yeah. well, are you wearing denim on the bottom? I'm not. They're scrubs. Wait, what? Wow. Are you in the medical profession? I, I just came from work. Yes. What? Thank you. Thank you. I came Seriously. From work? You actually fucking know stuff. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> knows stuff anymore. Did you go to like a medical school or? Uh, I got a doctorate in audiology. What? So oh. it's a. So yes. Wait a minute. I haven't put the salute all the way but down yet. <laughs> so what do you do in these scrubs? Do you save lives? I evaluate and rehabilitate hearing disorders. That's oh, good. Okay. Yes. Okay. So. We're cool. That's cool. That's cool. I am I'm fine with that. He's helping people. Yes. You studied and you're helping people and you yes. know things. I think I that's do. fantastic. So I will, I will not take back my salute. That I was... just wanted to make sure that he wasn't, you know, an accountant at the hospital. <laughs> in scrubs. But to come and they forward... wear scrubs too. I think, I had this idea recently. I'm in comedy. We don't get to have a uniform in comedy. And I thought recently there should be a color of scrubs that people in comedy get to wear. Oh, no. Hold it. They say it's the best medicine. And no. so... I know where you're going with this. No, but I was thinking... If we could come up with a, with a thing, then no, I'm walking gonna... down the street and it's like, I'm wearing my scrubs and I see John Mulaney and he's wearing his scrubs <laughs> and I see Colbert and we're like, yeah. this is cool. You're all in denim scrubs. It's no, a they're nightmare. not going to be denim. <laughs> but I think it would be cool. Why do people in the medical community get to have the cool scrubs? Mm. What did you guys do? Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> you, you saved lives. <laughs> Ben, what can I do for you? So coming full circle, half of my job is explaining to people what they haven't heard in about 20 years. And so part of it is having people tell me what they've heard and what they've loved and forgot they love to hear, such as like patients being like, I didn't hear the rain over like on the rooftop in years. I heard crickets for the first time in my campsite. So I was wondering, what are some of your favorite sounds and things that you just would not love to give up to hear? I, well, that's a great question. Applause. I, uh, that is a great question. It's very rare that a question gets applause. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this answer no. better be pretty good. <laughs> no, I was, saying, I was saying you would miss the sound of a, applause. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, no. Yeah. I mean, crickets. Yes. You brought up crickets. Yeah. <laughs> Man. Sound of crickets during my monologue. That's my favorite. <laughs> it's one of my favorite sounds. Uh, you're bringing up something that I think a lot about recently, which is I do worry about hearing loss. I lived uh, in a... I basically lived in a very small box in Studio 6A, and I did 16 years with Jimmy and the guys playing so loud, sound just bouncing around, and my producers would come up and yell things in my ear because during the commercial breaks, the band's playing. You guys had the whole horn section, and they would come up and they would scream in my ear. They would, and, and literally every night, three times a night, they would scream in my ear, Stephen doesn't want to tell the story about the toad. The toad's out! Like some little piece of information that I needed to know before the interview. My favorite is one of our producers, uh, Frank Smiley, came up to me once and we were having, having someone on, I think it was like the lead singer from R.E.M. And he just ran it at the last second, ran up and he yelled into my ear, he makes pots! <laughs> As a result, 
My wife and children spend most of their time repeating to me what they've said. So I might actually not be hearing things. How do I find out? Uh, you could see an audiologist and they would test your hearing. Yeah, I don't want to do that. Yeah, I, I get it. I don't know, you know what I mean? That just seems like a waste of my time. time. It's like 20 minutes. Who's got 20 minutes? I got jizz to find. Uh, yeah, now he's talking, this guy. You get used to it. Yeah. Um, Welcome to the jizz Wait, so party. what, what uh, sounds, uh, you know, it's, it is funny that I do, uh, I love being in front of audiences, so I do love those sounds. I really do love, um, I, there's a sound that I love, which is a coffee maker that isn't that expensive that's making the coffee. I'm not talking about one of these kind of crazy high-end coffee makers that some people get. I mean, like, mine's just this regular, you know, okay, it'll cost $140 or whatever coffee maker, and it makes this little gurgly, weird... Yeah, and there's little sounds, and it's also, it's, it sounds human. It doesn't sound like a machine. It's like making the coffee, and then it's just like gurgle, 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 gurgle. And you can almost hear the machine going, I'm, I'm just I'm doing what I can. I'm doing the best I can. And there are little sounds like that that I find very, very satisfying um, that sometimes I think I'm missing out on. Uh, and um, I also like the sound of corduroy rubbing up against each other, you know? Yes. Just corduroy. I wish That's if my legs one. were a little heavier and I wore corduroy, they would chafe <laughs> and I could hear that and I could make coffee and then... So there's, there are lots of sounds, but I am curious now about my hearing um, what would they do if you, if you found out? How much hearing loss do you have to have before you need uh, hearing aid? Um, it just depends what frequencies. The most common is a high-frequency hearing loss, mm -hmm. and that's where people aren't hearing like pitches like S's, F's, THs, and that's where like they don't hear ventilation systems or even their clothes rubbing together. So it's like... But who like, wants to hear a vent... No, who says... Well, I, nobody does. Ventilation but... system! I haven't heard that in 30 years! <laughs> But they're kind of the same frequencies as H's. So if you I want to say, hear H's, hear, how are you? You know, who cares? Fuck you. You know, none <laughs> of your business. How I am. What I'd like to do, Ben, if it's okay, is I'd like to book an appointment with you right now. I think that's fantastic. Where are you located? I'm in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn. Okay, that's not happening. Yeah. No, is that where your office is? It is, yes. All right, we'll have to go to Bay Ridge, Brooklyn. Are you really, is this really what you do or is this a trick to murder me? No, uh, it's really what I do. It'd be great if it was, it's, it's, a, very it's, a, boring... terri it's a terrible murder plan. If... Right? It's a Aren't long Aren't you con. the one that said, come out to Bay Ridge? <laughs> <laughs> we have audio of you and then Conan disappeared in Bay Ridge. <laughs> We just found his ears afterwards. Um, oh, come on. Well, what does he do with your ear? Ask him. He's the murdering jacket. freak. <laughs> All right. Well, Ben, uh, I will book that appointment, but I think I answered your question. I so hope I did. Thank you very much. Wonderful Thank question. You. Thank you, and I salute you. Ben started to leave, and then someone darted out of the aisle and chased after Ben. Something horrible is yes, happening. What is going yeah. on? We had one guy disappear. Another person's been run down like a wild animal. You should probably just, yeah, just, just stay. be careful. I be should careful. get out of here. Yeah. yeah. What is your name? I'm Allison. Hi, Allison. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks so much for coming to the city. Are you kidding? I'm, this is a joy, absolute joy. It's a joy for us. Well, thank um, you. That's right. Well, thank you. No, really, is. this is the magic... It's just a magical thing. I really love doing this. I, I love hanging with these guys. I love, I, I love making these podcasts. And this is, uh, 
I, anytime I'm in the street and someone yells Katakai or anything, we end up having a... I've had so many great conversations with people out in the world, and it's just, it's, it's lovely is the word, is what it is. So thank you. Thanks for digging Excellent. it. Excellent. Well, I guess mine is also kind of New York City related. Mm-hmm. I work across the park at the Met. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering if there were a museum of Conan and the Chill Chums, what objects would be on your highlights tour? Well, okay. <laughs> Jizz um, cream. Okay. <laughs> Sona, you, you've got to let it go. <laughs> Sorry. I'm thinking a hall of Jizz cream. So it's right. not just... Okay, all right. Okay. I'm going to try and straighten this thing out. All right. Um, no, it's not, <laughs> You're not. No, I'm not. <laughs> When we started doing the shows on TBS, they put together an... Remember this, Sona? They put together an Coco, art... Coco Mocha. Yeah, they put together of, of all fan art, and it blew my mind because I, I can't lay claim to a lot, but I will say I have the most creative, talented fans in the world. They are... The, the, I mean, paintings, drawings, sculptures, stuff made of, like... A statue of me made of Legos, all kinds of just interpretations of what I look like in my hair. And um, first of all, for an egomaniac like me, it was a joy to walk through. <laughs> but it was, uh, and very enabling, um, but it was also, what I liked about it was everybody was being so creative. So, it, I mean, it's not a funny answer, but I, if there was yeah. like a museum, I would want most of it to be fan stuff because it's so... That makes me happy is when other people are being creative and when other people are, you know, if I can join in and we can together make something, that gives me a lot of pleasure. So I would, I would think that would be a, a huge part of it. Of Art you. <laughs> made by fans. Okay. Per my instructions. But all, all of you. Different ways just, of... Where my torso is depicted a certain way. Oh. That sounds like, like a Greek... Like dictator. Yes, yes, yes. Uh The same thing that Caesar demanded of people that made statues in uh, in Rome. Yes. Uh, Yes. Troubling. Death to those who portrayed me. Would there be anything of the two of us? Oh, God, no. No, there'd be, you know what? There'd be like, yeah, there'd be a little wing somewhere. (laughs) No, I think it'd be fun. I think it'd be be great. What do you think? Do you guys want anything special? Yeah. What? What? I think we need to get Ben back here and check yeah. your hearing. <laughs> like, what? And then I want um, a massive statue of me nude on a horse. Oh, <laughs> come God. on. Yeah, just nude. And I want everything to be exaggerated. Uh, I think we better take another qu- question, a yeah. palate cleanser. Okay, we'll do a palate. Uh, yeah. nice, to, nice to talk to you. We'll do you one more much. palate cleanser Thank question. You. Nude on a horse. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> My name is not Devin, actually. <laughs> My name's Kendall. Hello. Oh, hey, Kendall. How are you? How's oh, can you just tilt the mic up just a little bit so it ain't Yes. Good? There Hello. you go. That's Kendall. Okay. Good. Hey, Kendall. How are you? Hi. How are you? Cool. I like your jacket. It's got a, it's kind of a cool fall color. Conan, it's actually corduroy. So. <gasps> <Yay>! Whoa. <laughs> Rub it against each other. <laughs> Sorry to go there. Let me, let me check, check. I have, a, I have a legit question. Um, <laughs> Does everybody read stuff off their phones now? Is that what happened? I'm just nervous. You don't oh, don't be nervous. Up. It's just us. But you can. Go ahead. Whatever Matt, you want to like, do. Matt, like, you on my sign. You said last one. And I was like, oh, no. I oh, thought... you got this, Kendall. <laughs> yeah, you, you got, got this. Don't and worry about it. if you have, like, any doubt, just rub the corduroy into the mic. <laughs> <laughs> okay, perfect. Mm, rub that corduroy together. <laughs> okay, now take it easy. I got a cigarette now. You rub that corduroy. <laughs> no, <Jesus>. no. <laughs> 
sorry. Kendall, we're sorry. We're sorry. No, sorry, Kendall. I'm I went so to a happy to be here. I'm here with place. my dad. It's his birthday, so we're really happy. Oh, oh that's cool. Yeah. Yay, dad. Yeah. <laughs> what a nice dad. Yeah. He's awesome. Well, we'll see. <laughs> so, as I'm sure you know, Conan, a lot of popular dance trends have emerged because of TikTok. So, my question for you is if you had to add any song to your world-famous string dance, what song would you choose to make it blow up on the app, and could we get a demonstration on how to do it? Oh. <laughs> well, I brought this up before. <laughs> but I don't know what, what syncopates and what goes best with the string dance. But uh, Oh, can we get a little live music, maybe? Well, well we always <laughs> did it. Back in the day, we did it. Let's see. I'm going to record <laughs> but we need a song that goes with we it. We got to come up with a song. Right. But I mean, that'll do for now. I mean, okay. right? Don't you think? Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. I think that could blow up. No. <laughs> I'm so sorry. That was so just no, sudden. It's okay. That's a great question. I think that's good. I don't think I'm going to blow up on TikTok. I'm I 111 years good. old. And... Uh, <laughs> But the important thing uh, is that I can still do that string dance. I don't know what that came from either. You don't? That was me just in a monologue one night, started to do it, and then I started pretending there was a string and cutting it and rubbing a nipple. And then, <laughs> I swear to God, six weeks later, I'm watching an NFL game. A guy scores a touchdown, oh <laughs> drops the ball, and does it. <laughs> and they were like, I said, what the hell is he doing? <laughs> And he had clearly seen me do it on the show, uh. and I knew I was a god. Oh, wow. God. Uh, well, you're a thank you so much. Nice to meet you. Thank you. Yeah. I think I said it, right? Yeah. Hey, guys. I'm going to wrap this thing up over there, but let's say uh, goodnight first to my... These guys really make this podcast hum. Sonam Obsession. Matt Corley. This thing would not work without them. They're the best. I think you know this one. Fall is here, hear the yell. Back to school, ring the bell. Brand new shoes, walking blues. Climb the fence, books and pens. I can tell that we are gonna be friends. I can tell that we are gonna be friends Walk with me, Susie Lee Through the park, by the trees We rest upon the ground Look at all the bugs we found Safely walk to school without a sound Safely walk to school without a sound Here we are Uniforms chasing all the ants and worms. We climb up and now 
amazing. Seriously. Thank you for making this weird part of my career so much fun. God bless you. Thank you, everybody. Good night. Conan O'Brien needs a friend. With Conan O'Brien, Sonam Obsessian, and Matt Gorley. Produced by me, Matt Gorley. Executive produced by Adam Sachs, Joanna Solitaroff, and Jeff Ross at Team Coco, and Colin Anderson and Cody Fisher at Earwolf. Theme song by The White Stripes. Incidental music by Jimmy Vivino. Take it away, Jimmy. Our supervising producer is Aaron Blair, and our associate talent producer is Jennifer Samples. Engineering by Eduardo Perez. Additional production support by Mars Melnick. Talent booking by Paula Davis, Gina Batista, and Britt Kahn. You can rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts, and you might find your review read on a future episode. Got a question for Conan? Call the Team Coco hotline at 323-451-2821 and leave a message. It, too, could be featured on a future episode. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. Hey guys, Sean Hayes here. Jason Bateman, Will Arnett, and I had a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to sit down with not one, not two, but three presidents of the United States on our recent episode of Smartless. That's because President Biden, the returning guest, brought two of his favorite pals, former Presidents Bill Clinton and Barack Obama, all joined us for unforgettable conversation. It's a historic episode of Smartless as we pry into the minds of these remarkable leaders. We'll cover everything from their time in office, America's responsibilities in the world, and their personal passions in an episode full of some candid stories, insightful perspectives, and a few surprises along the way. Whether you're a political junkie or just curious about the inner workings of the Oval Office, this episode is a must listen. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to hear from three of the most influential figures in recent American history. Follow Smartless on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also listen to Smartless ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply.